CHL playoffs are still going, and uh, it's one Blue Jacket is going to be left standing and heading to the Memorial Cup. We're going to be talking about all of that on today's Locked On Blue Jackets. Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Blue Jackets, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host Jay Foster, here to bring you the good, the bad and the ugly about your favourite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. With me is, as always, my ho- well, yeah, co-host Hayden Hanson and uh, we just want to let you know that Lockdown Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're on uh, YouTube, we have uh, that new co-host bump on YouTube is is hitting real good right about now. So if you haven't jumped on that yet, go ahead, hit subscribe on YouTube. And uh, we're on SiriusXM. So if you are a SiriusXM listener, open the app, type in Locked on Blue Jackets, you can find us there. So, Hayden, the Blue Jackets are not in the playoffs. The Cleveland Monsters did not make the playoffs. But the Blue Jackets prospect, the baby Blue Jackets, as I like to call them, have had a decent amount of success. And we've kind of been tracking them, seeing who's going to go far, who's not. Um, there's been some some upsets out in the WHL. And uh, we are, like I said, at the top. We're kind of down to, it's going to be one player left standing. Um, the Sarnia Sting and the uh, Sarnia Sting with Luca Del Bell Blues on uh, lost in six games to the London Knights. Uh, Luca Del Bell Blues had a pretty... Pretty good tournament, but uh, I mean, what what is he supposed to do? 15 points in 16 games. I don't know what more what more this guy can do, you know, and I don't think it was uh, uh, the team was bad. I think it's just that the London Knights are a friggin' powerhouse this season. I've heard of them. I was going to say, I know there's probably a lot of people listening right now that aren't totally well-versed on all the junior teams, but they hear London Knights and they're like, I think there's some guys that have have came from that one. I think I've heard of that one. So yeah, they're their powerhouse, tough to be. But yeah, Luca Del Bell Blues, one of the wildest names to come out of last year's draft for the Jackets, and he's actually doing some stuff. So that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, I mean, like second round pick, they took him forty fourth overall. Um, he's probably going to be back in the OHL next season, and. I think he's going to light it up. He had 40 goals in 66 games this season across two teams. Um, like I said, finishes his playoff run, 15 points, eight goals, seven assists in 16 games. I don't know. I really thought Sarnia was going to go all the way. They won their first series 4-2. to two. They beat the they beat uh, the second series 4-0. Uh, unfortunately, they only won two games against London, so I think it's going to be a really interesting final. However, like... Do we root for the and this is the this is the the problem that I had the kind of the few years the Jackets made the playoffs. Do you root for the team that beat you so you can say you were beaten by the champions, or do you root for the team that's playing the team that beat you so you can watch the team that beat you be sad? Yeah, it's a ultimate, absolute ultimate dilemma. I think it just depends on were you a team that expected to beat that team, or were you a team that was kind of like an underdog and went up against the big bad team. You know what I mean? Like if it was in the March Madness tournament, which here in the United States, I don't know if you know, Jay, we play a basketball tournament that has 64 college basketball teams in it. 
familiar with it a little bit at all? I, or? Yeah, I know of it. Um, my my in law is uh, is a big college basketball. Uh, my father was a big college basketball guy, so I am aware. Right. So, like, when those smaller schools kind of get far in the tournament, and maybe they lose to a powerhouse school, maybe they're like, oh, okay, well, we didn't really expect to lose, or we didn't expect to beat that team. So it's cool to see them go on and say, hey, we played them. But or I guess in, in similar fashion, when the Jackets or when the Jackets, when Ohio State, the hockey team lost in the Elite Eight to Quinnipiac, I wanted Quinnipiac to go on and, and win it all. Um, and they did, which was really cool to see. I mean, I wanted I, I also wanted to see Minnesota win, but Quinnipiac came out in that final period and dominated. But anyway, so, yes, yeah, so sometimes depending on the situation you do, but also like when when the Jackets lose lost to the Penguins in the playoffs or the capitals or the Bruins, I never rooted for those teams. I was never like, I want to see those guys go win a cup. No, I was spiteful towards them. Yeah. (laughs) We are petty, petty uh, beings sometimes. Um, I don't know what it is about the London Knights. Um, Maybe this is just bias because of the names that I'm familiar with that were on the team. I don't want that team to win. Like I was, I was really rooting for Sanya, not just because um, of Del Bell Blues, but again, I think I think it's fun when the underdog wins. I don't necessarily know that Sanya is considered an underdog when it's the, the second seed versus the third seed, but I don't know. I, I I thought they could do it. I was really excited for for Sanya. I watched a handful of their games um, this season after Del Bell Blues was traded there. I was like, okay, let's see what he's like on a new team. Um, and the answer is if, as good, if not better, than when he was on his old team. So it sucks that they loaded up the way that they did and then still kind of fell at that final hurdle. But I'm super excited for Del Blues to show up to rookie camp or to show up to training camp. Uh, he'll be in uh, Traverse City this this summer. So that's going to be real exciting. I'm looking for him to have a big impact uh, at the prospect tournament. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, he's a center, and we know the Blue Jackets are constantly trying to work that position. So, Del Bell Blues, I think he's a handsome-looking fella, too. So, you know, those guys always do well when they, you know, come up to the league right away. They they garner instant fans. And uh, I think I remember, if, if I can recall from when he got drafted, he was kind of one of the more outgoing, uh, excited to be with Columbus guys. So I think he did get a lot of fans early because of that. And it looks like he's a really solid, well-rounded player in the juniors. So hopefully that transitions to Traverse City. All the more reason to keep an eye on that when that comes up. Yeah, for sure. I feel like... Columbus fans have been hurt so many times by players not wanting to be there that any time a player comes around is like, man, I'm super excited to play for Columbus. The fan base is just universal. Like, well, this is our son now. We have adopted him. <laughs> yeah. This is our child. So, yes. Love to, would love to see Del Babalu's, um in the big leagues one day. But if not, I think he's going to be, he's going to be an excellent AHL. But I really do think he could slot in to the middle six for the Blue Jackets. Like you said, he's a center. So, He's already he's got less competition than some of the probably the more talented wingers in the system. But I think uh, he could be a guy that that shores up that that center depth. I don't think he's going to be like that franchise top line center. But if you can get a second or a third line center out of Del Bell Blues, like I think you are you're on a winner there. Um, in a minute, we are going to go ahead and switch over to the QMJHL where we've still got two prospects that are alive and uh 
playing for their hopes. Unfortunately, they have to play each other in the championship series. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. But first, I've got to tell you all about game time because I don't know about you, Hayden, but I'm so bad at planning things. Uh, I tend to just wake up and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do today? Uh, And that doesn't really have a great uh, environment to buying tickets to a concert or a comedy show or a sporting event, uh, you know. But luckily, game time exists to make that stress go away. It's the biggest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets. They've got a best price guarantee. So uh, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less on a different uh, ticketing website game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference you can get images of your seat before you buy so you can see if the view is restricted or if you're even going to be able to see from there i know i personally like to sit up high in the upper ball because then you can see the entire uh the entire rink game time will show you the view from your seat which is awesome so snag the tickets without the stress game time all you have to do is download the game time app create an account and then use code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off your first purchase Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, terms and conditions apply. The QMJHL, I feel like, gets a bad rap for being the weakest of the three major junior leagues. You know, the WHL is kind of the rough and tumble one. The OHL, I feel like, is always marketed as the highest skill and the best quality of hockey. But I have had a ton of fun watching the QMJHL playoffs this season. Is that because two of the more exciting Blue Jackets prospects are there? Maybe. But we talked about this a little bit off recording. Uh, we'll start with uh, Quebec because they are just steamrolling right now. Um, I didn't realize how good they'd been until I looked I looked up and was like, oh, they've, they haven't lost a game yet. They've played uh, 12 games in these playoffs and they are 12 and 0 they have swept every single series so far um just a real a powerhouse of a team um and again the blue jackets they've got guys that are showing up on this team or they've got one guy showing up on this team um james malatesta who is a prospect that previous to this season i knew a little bit about but he is i believe i always forget this and every week i look it up a fifth round draft pick of the Blue Jackets. And, you know, how often is it? We talked about this literally yesterday. How often is it that a fifth round draft, a fourth round draft pick or a fifth round draft pick makes the NHL and is a a impact player? That being said, James Malatesta is third on his team in scoring. He's got 14 points in 12 goal and uh, in 12 games. That's like, you can't ask for anything else. From, from a guy that was drafted in the fifth round, like, I don't know, Jordan, Mad- Jordan Malatesta was the biggest surprise of these playoffs for me. He was the guy that I thought, okay, we'll talk about the team because the team's going to be good. But as a player, I didn't think he was going to uh, show up the way that he has. No, he's been awesome for him so far. And just to go back to what you said about the QMJHL maybe not being revered as as exciting as the O and the whl but all all i would say to that is i feel like that probably was the stigma back in the day just because just right off the bat you know the ohl has a team like the london knights a lot of those teams in the ontario hockey league centered around you know 
in the Toronto area, I I assume since that's where it, universe, yeah yes. yeah it was just the center <laughs> of the hockey universe. So there's probably huge, well-established fan bases there. Um, whereas the Q just probably has more newer teams. I would assume over the last few years, maybe some more like teams that have come into the scene. Um, but as long as I've been growing up and watching hockey, I've heard of these teams from the Q. So I think over time, I think it's kind of evened out a little bit, which is why. You're seeing two teams here in the queue that uh, are playing for a championship or, you know, that are going up against each other. Here we got two Jackets guys going at it. Jordan Dumay, one of them who has just been lighting it up. And then this Maltesta guy who just is another guy that I also forgot about, Jay. But you reminded me of his name and it has me excited about this game, knowing that I can flip it on and see two future studs, uh, hopefully hopeful studs going at it. Um, at least probably two guys that I'll see in a monsters uniform for sure at some point, which is really, really exciting. Yeah, for sure. James Malatesta, I feel like is definitely a guy that is going to be more of a fringe NHL. I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that plays in the AHL and is one of the first guys called up if there's an injury, you know, I don't know that he's going to be an NHL player, but if you could get like 20 to 30 NHL games out of him in a season and, you know, maybe, five to ten points like for a fifth round draft pick that feels like a win um maybe he will maybe he will uh you know buck the trend maybe he will make it you know we've seen fifth round and later draft picks have success before um he's another guy that is kind of on the smaller side which i think is probably again why he fell so low um and we're going to talk about that in a minute with with jordan to make specifically but uh james malatesta he's only five foot nine he's 190 pounds like he's probably not done growing just yet like he could probably tack on a little bit of mass um so you know to get to get nhl ready but james malatesta is going to be on the monsters next season um because he he turns 20 uh later this month so he ages out of major junior he's gonna be on the monsters this season and he i feel like he's gonna be a name to watch I think he's a guy that sees himself kind of as a pure goal scorer. And at five foot nine, you're right. He doesn't pop off the page immediately, which is why he probably slipped in the draft. But he's a guy who gets to Cleveland. If he can add something else to his game, maybe it's his passing. Maybe it's his physicality. If he can just add something that helps him stick out amongst that uh, roster and group, I think he could be a really exciting player. But, uh, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye out for and a, a sneaky one that, that came up on us because we've known about Jordan DeMay. He's been crushing it all year long. Him and Denton. Keeping up with Connor Bedard in the scoring, you know, yeah. and that's, that's tough to do. It is tough to do. And Denton Matejchuk. So it was always like, okay, there's Connor Bedard in the, in the scoring. Um, you know, Matejchuk and uh, uh, DeMay have, have been lighting it up as well. And these are guys that we already have drafted, so I don't even have to, you know, worry about getting them. But – uh, maybe the smell test guy could be something. Jay, you might have uh, you might have found a diamond in the rough here with this guy. We'll we'll keep an eye on him. The vibes I get from Malatesta are kind of uh, very similar to uh, a guy that we talked about again last episode, actually, um, Matt Calvert, and another current CBJ prospect who people on this show, people who listen to this show, know I adore in Trey Fix Walansky. Um, they all have this kind of, and every, everything I hear about James Malatesta, every time I talk to a scouting guy or a prospect guy about Malatesta, they're like, yeah, he has one speed and it's top. He only knows how to how to go all in. Um, and that's a really great 
it's a really great characteristic to have. I think when you are five nine and probably a fringe NHL guy, but he he gives me that kind of vibe of he's just gonna wrecking ball Tasmanian his devil Tasmanian devil his way around the ice, and I think it's gonna work out for him in the same way that it's starting to work out for Trey Fitzwadsky and that it did for Matt Calvert. Yeah, and for those who don't know, he wears number eleven. Which is Perfect. just which is just like Matt Calvert. So there you go. I assume he's wearing number eleven with Quebec. Yeah, it looks like these highlights are him with uh, good old Q Town. So look out for him on the ice. Let's uh, let's flip it because, uh, like I said, it's prospect versus prospect here. Jordan DeBay has been lighting it up all season long. Um, Halifax again; they've been a really good playoff team. They won their first round four nothing. The second round, four to one. The third round, they went down two nothing and then won four games in a row to bring it back. Um, I believe they were without Jordan DeMay for that third round. I believe he was injured, but I also believe he is coming back for this final. This, to me, is the series to watch in the queue. If the, for the CHL playoffs, um, it's going to be London versus Peterborough in. The OHL, I believe it is the Seattle Thunderbirds versus the um, the Winnipeg Ice in the WHL. But for my money, this is going to be the series to watch. For Blue Jackets fans, obviously, to watch our guys. But if you are just like a casual hockey fan, this feels like the series to watch. It's going to be just nonstop breakneck pace, and I'm super excited about it. Yes, we need both number 11s. Jordan Dumay also wears number 11 for Halifax. He Short is an abs- wearing 11. Like that's that's a, a decent brand. It is a decent brand. I absolutely love it. He has uh he had 50 goals this past season with mm-hmm. um Halifax. So this kid is an absolute stud. Yeah. I I mean I'm just so excited. Like I I, I remember thinking like just the uh, just the other night when we recorded the episode reacting to where the blue jackets fell in the draft lottery and i just went about kind of the last couple days just so upset like man that was supposed to be the future guy we have future guys playing all over the place guys that you know people have been saying like the blue jackets have been sucking for a while well we've been sucking accumulating draft picks burning them on all these kids they're in the juniors right now lighting it up and this episode has is a complete 180 in terms of how I personally feel about the future as a Jackets fan. So if you're around here, if you're tuning into this show right now and you're feeling at all a little bit bad about not getting Connor Bedard, just let's just watch some of these prospects tonight and, and forget about it. We got these guys in-house already. So these guys are going to be wearing Union Blue this summer at the camp. Like, like let's get excited about these guys and uh, let's let let's hopefully have it snowball from there yeah i want to i just want to point out as well before before we wrap up um so john demain we talked about it 50 goals this season um the only two players that have scored more points than john demain in a single season since the year 2001 one of them is Sidney crosby i've heard of him uh, you know he's decent i've heard penguins and the other right guy is uh alexander radulov who has had less? Oh, of an yeah, I love that guy. Than Sidney Crosby has, but I feel like Demay is in pretty is in pretty good company there. Um, you know, 140 points this season. Crosby, I believe, in his last season had 160 something. So he's 
he's right up there with with Sidney Crosby in the in the scoring records for the QMJHL. So you know he's he's doing okay. And Alexander Radulov, who is a guy that I miss very dearly. His him and Tyler Sagan. Oh, they had that like buddy buddy relationship that was always so funny. I remember following them on Instagram a couple years ago, and uh, Alexander Regilov was on Tyler Sagan's story, and uh, I, Alexander Regilov said he's like he's like bleep, I'm on I'm on camera, and Tyler's like you're not supposed to swear, and Alex <laughs> says f Seggy says I cannot swear. Oh, I just did it again. I it was like this is this is hilarious. This guy's. Comedian. Again, hockey players not known for being super quick on the draw. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're gonna be pulling a camera, first of all, don't pull out a camera in a locker room. That's just weird to begin with. I think that's but fine, actually, yes, um, but but if you do, if you do, expect to hear some curse words because that's just. I guess that's just how it goes. What I have liked, um, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap the episode up in a second, but what I did like watching this season was, um, like this season and last season, was the the Kepi videos, the handing over the Kepi for, for the MVP. And you can watch the media person walk in and then you get to see some super interesting like camera work of like the camera just pointing up and then panning that way and then panning back down i'm like oh someone someone is naked in this video (laughs) you know yeah there's some there's some uh skin out yeah whenever the camera moves in a weird way i'm like oh yeah they didn't want to catch like i think jake jake voracek hilariously is no is like notorious for being naked basically all of the time if he doesn't have to be wearing clothes (laughs) So my money is going to be on him, would have been on him being basically naked in every in every Kepi video. Um, R.I.P. to to Jay Voracek. He's not dead. He's just in Arizona, um, <laughs> which is basically like being dead, as far as I understand it. Um, okay, so we'll wrap up. The obviously only one CBJ prospect can advance to the Memorial Cup. Is it Malatesta with the Rampars, or is it Demay with the Moosehead? Who do you think takes this series? Who are we going to be talking about next week as the the victorious Blue Jackets prospect? One of these teams has not lost a game. I think you said it was Quebec. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the team that has not lost a game yet. Although I do know that Halifax has been playing very, very well, and Jordan Dumay probably the better prospect between the two. I'm still gonna. I'm gonna go with Quebec just simply because no one's beaten them yet. So, I also think that like this is Malatesta's last run at this. Demay's probably gonna be back in the queue next season. So I'm. I, I would like to see Malatesta win just to go out on that high note. Um, but yeah, like you said, I don't think if if Halifax wins a game. They'll have done better than any other team that Quebec has faced so <laughs> yeah. far, you know? So they could lose the series 4-1 and still be the second best team in, in the queue. But uh, that's kind of all we've got for today. Uh, later today, we've got another bonus episode coming out. I've got another uh, draft profile that I did this weekend um, with Sam McGilligan of McKean's Hockey. Uh, we're going to be talking about Mikhail Gulayev, who is, uh, uh, again, we've spent a lot of time talking about short prospects recently. He's another another little guy. He's uh, a 5 nine-ish defender so that's always fun so uh we talk about him uh later today on that bonus episode and then tomorrow hayden i believe it is our season review of patrick line so that'll be fun and i'm sure 
that we won't have any kind of hot takes or opinions about how Patrick Laine was this season. Yeah, he had a totally um, normal year. Nothing yeah, crazy. Un- completely un- un- unremarkable. Um, so we're going to talk about that tomorrow. And uh, then after that, it's oh, it's the weekend after that. So we get to enjoy some time off. We get to watch some playoff hockey, hopefully. Um, we'll see how that goes. But I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B. F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find Hayden at Hayden H971 over on Twitter. You can find the show at L-O underscore Blue Jackets on Twitter. Uh, we are on every podcasting app you can think of. We are on Spotify, Odyssey, uh, Audible, the, the audiobook platform. You can find Locked on Blue Jackets there, which is real weird. Uh, you can find us on Sirius XM, which is very exciting. We're over on YouTube. If you haven't hit the subscribe button over there, please feel free to do so because I want to ride this new co-host bump as far as we can take it. So, you know, we are trucking our way to the next milestone over there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And uh, every day is. We will uh, we'll see you tomorrow. But until then, make sure you stay locked on. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.